Hey everybody, I'm Rima. And I'm Faye. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the Netflix show Sweet Tooth. This week we are covering episode 7 of Sweet Tooth, titled When Pubba Met Birdie. Man, <laughs> the penultimate episode, and yeah. was it a good one? Oh my god, I was... Because I remember last last week when we recorded our episode, and people know this about me now, like I feel like, you know, when we get done recording, I immediately go and watch the next one. Yeah. I don't know if I'll have time to do that today because I've got plans this evening. But um, <laughs> when I get home, uh, but yeah, it was one of those. And then like we had like a book club and stuff we did like later in the evening after that when mm-hmm. we recorded. I remember getting on there with you and being like, why can't it be next week and why are we not talking about this episode now? Because I'm like still trying to recover from it. I know. <laughs> Just you the first were, watch. <laughs> you were fresh off of uh. your first watch of this episode. And I know you were, um, you know, you were feeling some emotions and mm-hmm. you were very anxious to talk about it. So I feel like you've probably just been holding it all in and you're probably <laughs> ready to burst. Mm-hmm. And then um, rewatching it a second point. time earlier today before recording. So it's just like, okay. Let's go. Yes, let's go, let's go, let's go. Yeah, and we're recording a day early this week. Um, so, yeah, we'll have, you know, but we're almost at a week since you watched it the first time and we're just bubbling mm-hmm. to talk about it. I And I felt that, too, whenever I watched it. I didn't watch it um, straight after recording. I had a couple of things I needed to do before we had book club that night. And um, so, you know, I, I was like, okay, well, now I'm really anxious to, to watch. And then when I did, I realized, okay, now I know, you know, wh- where all of that was coming from. Cause yeah. it was <laughs> definitely a, an emotional episode. Um, mm-hmm. we definitely got some answers, some long awaited answers. Yeah. Um, and unexpected, you know, answers, you know, there were some revelations here that I wasn't quite expecting getting some of that backstory of who Pubba was. Yeah. Um, and, you know, kind of learning about Gus. So, they they really provided some stuff in this episode that I think has been a long time coming, and it was um, definitely a reward for kind of waiting this whole time, yeah. To kind of find out. So, I'm really interested to see you know what we found out in this episode leads us into the last episode. We've only got one more episode to go, so yeah, crazy. I, I know I'm I'm bursting, and I and I know that probably means double for you. So please start us off, Pake, with your <laughs> number five. All right. My number five, I think this one was kind of, it was like a little bit of flashback to like Lisey's story. I was like, oh, I'm having a hard time picking five specific things. <laughs> Usually yeah. this show has been pretty good about that, but like this one was a little more, you know, funneled in. It was, but, yeah. Yeah. So my number five is a pretty quick one, but it's just Richard Fox learning mm-hmm. who Pubba is. And I thought that was really cool. I was like, it's always good to see more Will Forte. So yeah, I'm immediately great. happy getting him. But yeah, we find out his real name is Richard Fox. Uh, he works at the Fort Smith Labs as a janitor and handyman. That's his in on that, which explains how, again, you know, he's very handy. I mean, he had the cabin in very tip top shape and he had everything, you know, very organized and he knew how to put things together and build things. He says later on in the episode, that, you know, it's like, I've always just, you know, been really good at fixing things. And right. Yeah. I picked up on that too. I was like, well, it makes sense because you were able to just like live out in the wilderness with almost yeah. nothing and, <laughs> you know, survive. So yeah. Yeah. But he seems like he's just kind of been always kind of a awkward loner, deadhead uh, <laughs> kind of guy. Uh, <laughs> They're both deadheads. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. But, uh, yeah, so he's just kind of doing his normal. It's kind of his routine. We get that little montage of it's just the same thing. Every day he gets in his truck, puts on his Grateful Dead, has his coffee with him, drives there, does his work, goes and gets a couple of beers at the end of the night and goes home to get ready to do it all over again. And so that was cool. We get that kind of, you know, routine of him. Mm-hmm. And then it gets broken up a little bit by him meeting up with Birdie, seeing her earlier in the day, knowing she's frustrated. So it is enough to cause him to kind of start a conversation. And he would have never guessed that that little awkward conversation would have led to everything about his life changing in the most (laughs) dramatic way possible. (laughs) Very interesting night for for him, for sure. Yeah. (laughs) But we see who he is as a person. And that's another note that I wanted to really 
make is, you know, he seems kind of awkward whatever at first, but then you really see he's a truly good man at heart. Yeah. That he goes out of his way to, to help Birdie with the situation. He's like, yeah, I have my keys. And she's like, you don't have to do that. And he's like, well, what else am I going to do? It's like, it means a lot to you. And I'm having the best night probably of my entire life just doing something out of my routine and spending time with you. And that means something. So I'm going to help you with this because it's important to you. And we see him being brave and coming up with the idea to distract the soldiers while she gets away with Gus and all of these things. He really steps up. And then even though you can see he's fully freaked out once he's left taking Gus on his own, he's, (laughs) I just met you. You seem real nice, but uh, you know, it's our first like unofficial date, and now we have a kid. No, uh. Uh, I like you and all, but you know, <laughs> yeah. But but he understands the the severity of it, and yeah, he's freaked out at first, but he takes it on. And the fact that he went to the extremes that he did and went through with it to where then at the end, and I'm, I'm skipping over a lot of major things, but yes. just kind of his arc, you know. But to the end of seeing him, you know, all packed up and maybe Gus holding that photo of Birdie, just oh my heart. But where mm-hmm. he's just like, all right, here's what we're doing. And then we kind of pick up where we saw him at the beginning, at the first episode, where he's ready to take this kid into the wilderness and and raise him and do what he has to do. You're so right. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. That's actually one of my points, too, that, you know, it was and I'm just going to, you know, kind of start there where you left off is that. You know, we get to see now because when we started the 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 series, you know, we just get. Pebo, like he's just walking, right? Got carrying baby mm-hmm. guests and all of his his stuff, and he, he's just walking out somewhere in the wilderness. And we're like, well, okay, how did he get here? And you know, we have all these questions. And now we're getting the context of that, um, where we see Peppa carrying guests, and and that context has a deeper meaning now because this is where he begins, you know, as Richard Fox, but he's on his way to becoming Pebba, father yeah. to Gus. He has no experience being a father, um, <laughs> and he barely knew or even spoke to Birdie for more than a night. Yeah. Um, but he knew that something terrible was going to happen to Gus if he didn't take him. And I think that's a really powerful thing to take responsibility for something when he could have just walked away right. and refused and carried on his own way. I mean, so Richard, Richard Fox over here, you know, he's he's got his own life. He's got his own thing going on, but he abandons all of that you know, to become a father to guests and become, and then he becomes the illustrator that he mm-hmm. always wanted to be, you yeah. know, he, and he also, you know, and being an illustrator, being an artist, he got to retell the stories um, or, you know, retell old stories. And he became a dad by giving Gus, you know, a future with morals. And, you know, I, I just thought, wow, you know, like you said, we learning a little bit more about him. I mean, we grew to love him in the short time that we had him and just even in that first episode, yeah. you know, um, but that really gave his character a deeper context and a deeper, like, wow, look what he did, you know, and he didn't have to. Um, and it was all just based on that one night that just absolutely changes his life forever. Yeah. Um, so yeah. What, what an extraordinary, extraordinary person. So for sure. Absolutely. I agree with all that. That's awesome. Uh, Well, my number five, um, I just want to jump into when Puppet does meet Birdie. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I love that, you know, they, he's, he's, talks about how he kind of just sees her off and on like you know he's he's a janitor and he's fixing it looks like he's kind of also maintenance to an extent because yeah. you know he's like fixing things and can see inside the lab and stuff and and i did kind of just as a side note here think wow this super secret lab you're just allowed to like glare into they don't have like <laughs> doors or tinted glass or i don't know something but right anyway he 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 can see her and has seen her coming and going from the lab where they work and stuff. Um, and then they end up, you know, bumping into each other um, at this bar and they, you know, again, have an awkward bit of a conversation, but, you know, through their um, mutual love of the Grateful Dead, mm-hmm. um, you know, start to have this conversation and have a couple of drinks and they start to have a really good time. And I think it's, it's easy to see pretty early that it's like a, a relief, for both of them, you know, yeah. you got Birdie, she's completely just buried in her work. And, and as you mentioned, Pubba or Richard and here, you know, he's just going 
along in his everyday routine. And yeah. it's very much a routine. Kind of looks like he just doesn't vary much from yeah. his routine. So this is something that's kind of a little, probably a little exciting for him, something a little outside of his routine. So, you know, these two people who come to, together who really probably really need this night that they're having here and even need each other probably in a way. And, you know, they have all this small talk about her work in the lab and she kind of explains what she's working on. We find out about this mysterious microbe that could maybe help the world or just unleash hell upon Mm -hmm. it. Um, But, you know, I don't think that, you know, this one night that they had together, it was enough to say that they like fell in love you know, automatically in one night of yeah. hanging out, but it was definitely enough, I think, to give us the potential or to maybe see that potential of what could have been yeah. had, you know, the things not turned bad and sour at the end of the night and, and what had happened did happen, that there was some potential there. Um, and again, you know, Puppet takes that potential and runs with it, you know, um, by taking Gus and, you know, kind of doing what he did. But um, I, I really liked that um interaction between them two i liked how we kept going back to them in the bar and you know how they were you know there very early on and then they're laughing and playing pool and they're sitting at the table later on they're there all the way to last call and then it continues on going to birdie's house and Mm. they're just like oh that's just like one of those magical nights when you know you meet someone and you just have this connection that can't really be explained and doesn't have to be, you know, um, I just, I really love that seeing two people um, connect like that. I think it was really special. So oh, yeah. I thought it was great. And um, I didn't really have any expectations of, about what, it, you know, cause we knew what the title was, you know, when, when Pub and Matt Birdie. So we thought, okay, well we kind of know what's going to happen. Right? right. But didn't really know the details of that. So I just thought it was really nice. I thought it really flowed um, really well and thought it was sweet. So yeah, it was really cool. Yeah. I get that set up of like, they weren't like a couple. Cause you know, we were, we were trying to guess what was going on when it's talking yeah. about your mother and this and that. And it, we find out like, it wasn't like, Oh, they were this couple who had a baby that became a hybrid. And it was like a big thing is we right. do find. Yeah. It's like their entire interactions with each other was one night mm-hmm. and, and that's it. But it was a really cool night. And so, yeah, if you're good, like then that kind of, I can move that into, it was my number one, but I'll do what I did last oh. week because I'll just shuffle. <laughs> Rearranging a little bit. <laughs> so I can talk about it because I've got notes about it too. Because, yeah, it's like that that point was just the first date, uh, which is funny because then she's like, you know, oh, you don't usually don't break into a high security lab on your first date with somebody. He's like, this is a date. This is a date? <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> like, oh, no. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so funny. But yeah. But I, I liked it. Of course, there's like a lot of little nods in here too like to itself separate self-referential stuff which i thought was fun but it was like oh yeah richard fox and birdie who become the quick unofficial like parents of the first hybrid child it's like that's fun yeah Um, (laughs) yep caught that too but yeah uh do love yeah like the the grateful dead thing is what really sparked it because at first it's real awkward he was like well i've seen you around the lab and you seem like a happy person not to not to sound creepy saying i'm watching you and it's like yeah there's no way you could have told me that without sounding a little creepy um mm-hmm. <laughs> like it was started but yeah grateful dead is what saved everything uh but yeah the, his favorite song friend of the devil hers ripple i think in my opinion, he wins that one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they're both good songs. I like Friend of the Devil better. Uh, and his song plays the following montage. So I think he wins that. So, but we get her later. Uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just, I loved their their conversations. Uh, yeah, Birdie the Rocker, you know. Well, what, I was going to be in a band, but I, <laughs> Virology was a good second. You know, it was a good close second. Uh, <laughs> and then poor Richard never li- lived out his childhood dream of becoming a leaf. Man, poor Richard. Uh, (laughs) How does one become a leaf? Sure. (laughs) I love that. Just like it's, they have a good rapport, like joking with each other. When she's like, so what happened? He's like, about what? Not not me being a leaf? I don't know. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Or the whole, when she's explaining the microbes and stuff, she's like, ah, it's a lot of complicated stuff. And his just like, oh, I get it. I wouldn't understand because I push a mop around and like, she's like, no, 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 I didn't mean to like, and he played, he's like, I'm just messing with you. I know that's not what you meant. Like that humor between them was like, okay. Yeah. Like you said, you see 
kind of a little like into a window of like what could have been like they did hit it off really well and they did seem to have a lot of good chemistry with each other. Yep. And then I guess the other nods, you know, while they're headed to Birdie's house, the the Mirga, the the hunter, but also the deer constellation. I was like, there's that. That's fun. Yep. Then she invites him in for hot chocolate because she has just a major sweet tooth. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, again. Yep. (laughs) Which, yeah, there's no genetic connection between her and Gus, actually, but it's still really cute that they share that anyway. It's just this like little thing that just shows it was like a perfect fateful situation yep yeah and then the hot chocolate scene at her house is where we get her song choice so we get that but then that's also with richard talking about tom sawyer and knowing it by heart and they talk about his drawing skills and it's like and we're setting it up like you also mentioned earlier like that's why he was making these books for gus and he kind of live out his dream of being a children's author in a way mm-hmm. and so yeah it was cool and they would have shared their first kiss to end oh, that perfect date so close it was stopped just by a phone call from Judy about absolute chaos at the lab. Uh, <laughs> but their date ends by kind of, but not really. It continues on with her, with him taking her to the lab. He's the only way that she's going to get in. It's like, what beautiful fate, perfect fate. <laughs> exactly. Kismet that he just happened to also work there and have probably every key to yeah. every important door in the facility. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I love it. I thought that whole like first date situation was was really fun. I agree, super fun. Um, and yeah, again, good to see, um, you know the 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 promises of what what could have been, and you know, just kind of sad that you know everything that was happening, this like great crumble. I feel like is kind of where this was starting. Um, you know, had it not been for that, you know, there was like a promise of, of what could be. Yeah. So a little bit sad. Um, so let's see, was that, so that would have been my number four. If I did okay. Shuffling. I'll try to keep, keep it in, in line. Stay okay. On yeah. Cause now <laughs> we should be on our number four. Mm. And so would you like to lead in then if you're shuffling around? What is your new number four? <laughs> you see that 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 would have been I, I'll that's that. going to be your be new, new number, number four. four. So okay, I can just so follow in suit with what you were talking about. Well, yeah. Okay, then my number four. Um, I want to talk a little bit about when they finally get to Birdie's home. All right. So, you know they they discover like oh there's wood coming from you know the chimney. Someone is there. You know. So they, you know, they get to this last known address of, of Birdie and it's in, it's inhabited, but, you know, there, and there's a woman there, but it's not Gus's mom. It is not Birdie. And, but it's a woman that used to work with, with Birdie. And, you know, as they're talking to her, you know, we realize it's Judy, um, who yeah. we met a little bit off and on earlier in the episode, um, yeah. who worked with Birdie at the lab. And we find out that Birdie took care of her at the beginning of the sick um, but then she has left later on, you know, to go search for Gus and doesn't know, you know, where she went to. And it's so disappointing because, um, you know, you, you want there to be some answers and you want her to be there. Uh, and she's not uh, because, the, you know, they, it's such a long journey and everything that they went through. So, it, yeah. you know, they've, they've come this far only to end up in the exact same place, <laughs> you know, that he was before. <laughs> still with no parents. Um, but what was curious to me about Judy uh, was she, she didn't seem to have a gun or any weapons really, which I wonder, do you think she could be cooperating with the last men in order to keep her home in good standing? Mm. I would hope not because I want to believe that she's, she's, she's on the good side of things, but who knows? Because <laughs> it does seem strange. It's like, so she's just got her little place that she's living out by herself, not really being bothered. But I guess there are sort of other places like that. I mean, we saw with Addie and Ronnie, like their little community. And even mm-hmm. though it was a community with like, you know, a, like, you know, a clinic and they would have, you know, uh, communication with the last men and things like that. It kind of seemed like they were their own self-contained thing and they only... Anybody else would bother them only if there was something important going on. So it could be just a, okay, we know that you're out there, but uh, you just do whatever you do. Just live and 
Yeah, I'm curious about that because, like, we haven't really got to see um, any other communities other than where Addie and Ronnie live and that, that like, gated community, um, you know, the city around the zoo, um, which sounds like, you know, Amy has to kind of keep that on the down low. Like, she can't really make it known that she's there. She stays behind the gates. Um, Doesn't really make her presence known. Um, So... I don't know it. I just, I don't know how it, I don't know the structure and how things are run. Like, are you allowed to just live out there on your own? You know, if you want to just live out in the middle of the woods or out in the middle of an abandoned home in the middle of a city or a suburb or something, are you allowed to just do that? You know, do they leave you alone or they come harass you or, you know, whatever. So I don't know. It just seemed, um, you know, I don't know, kind of strange to me. Maybe not. Um, But I was just, I was a little bit suspicious of her. Like Jep said, you can tell there's things that she's not talking about, things that she's not um, maybe being completely completely truthful about. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm just, um, yeah. I want to trust her. I think her. what that was, was just <laughs> Gus's, you know, origin, what he is, where he came from. I mean, she was one of the scientists working on that project. Mm-hmm. So I think it was just kind of an awkward thing with her being like, mm, I'd rather not be the one to tell him, but <laughs> let him go figure it out for himself, which I don't know if that's any better. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. But anyway, that was that was my number four was just kind of wanted to talk about Judy and, you know, her being at, at Birdie's home instead of Birdie like we had, and well, Gus had been hoping for. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's all I have to say about that. It was um, a cool moment the first watch when I first saw it where, I mean, we know it's not birdie mm-hmm. and I didn't recognize her at first for, as the lady who was in the lab with her. It yeah. took me a look once. It was like, Oh, that's who that was. Like I put it together a little bit later, but at first it was just this like random lady opening the door and it's like, Oh, what's going on. And then when she's like, Gus and I was like, Ooh, things are really interesting. Yeah. yeah me too. <laughs> me too. Yeah. I, it didn't immediately hit me because I don't think we saw her or I didn't really pay that much attention to her face at first to understand yeah. that that was her that we saw him from Bertie's lab. Um, so I'm like, who's this lady? She's just like some random lady and just happens to know Gus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I was confused. Um, right. What is your number three? So uh, number three is Gus and not, not necessarily Gus himself, but a G dot U dot S one Gus one. Um, (laughs) And that Gus's origin. I mean, we see the episode starts off with them drilling into the ice in Alaska, assumedly as uh, Richard has put together. And it's some kind of microscopic organism buried in the ice. That is this microbe that it could be the answer to all these kind of different vaccine things. I'm not a virologist or geneticist, so I don't know how all of this stuff actually tracks with that, with the science. I'm like, sounds like this probably isn't how all this stuff works, but you know, for the sake of story, like, sure, we'll just roll with it. Um, Yep. But that's kind of the origin of Gus is they're using these microbes that they found there that have never been seen before to try to develop new vaccines and things like that. But they, I guess, Again, I'm not even going to try to wrap my head around the specifics of all of it. But somehow this incubation of these microbes has created a human-animal hybrid. So he's a lab-grown baby. And then how other ones started, I don't know. said, we'll just roll with it and see where that goes. But he is the first. He is series one. He is patient zero, I guess, of this hybrid situation you know we get at the beginning it's like is do which came first the hybrids or the virus it's like well kind of both at the exact same time they still might be separate entities we're not you know but the hybrids or at least gus was kind of the kickoff of things and he was just the project he was this as she said we accidentally made a miracle Whoopsie. Which is interesting. Like how I was like, oh, well, we were, you know, we were, we were injecting microbes into eggs. And next thing you know, there's a human deer baby here. I don't- <laughs> yeah. <I'm- laughs> you know, one thing led to another, yada, yada, yada. Uh- <laughs> Waiting to connect the dots on that. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so he was just an experiment, a project. But then Birdie did end up developing a parental connection to him, which 
I mean, look at that baby. How could you not? Oh my gosh, so uh, cute. Yeah. <laughs> Those little ears. Mm-hmm. And so that's where she makes that big decision at the end is she knows that the military gets to him. He's doomed. So they got to break him out of there. But it was interesting to see what Gus was, who he is, what he is. Mm-hmm. Is He was created by scientists in a lab, not even on purpose. He's just kind of an accidental miracle. Uh, yeah. It's a lot for him to take in. And it's, you know, uh, he has that whole, I don't have parents at all. I'm like, well, you know, it, it kind of breaks your heart. When he's like, so I don't even have parents. It's like, well, yes, yes. You, Bubba was there for you. Yeah. Way more above and beyond than anybody else ever could have even asked for. Mm-hmm. So, yes, he is your papa. And I think Bertie, given the chance, would have been right there for him as well. The same. So Agreed. I think it's just something that he's going to have to to learn and figure out on his own. And he will. He's a smart cookie. He'll get it. I, th- I think so, too. And um, that's actually my number three as well is Gus's cool. truth. And it's more Gus, our little yeah. Gus, not so much the experiment, even though I guess yeah. it's kind of one and the same. Um, but but yeah, when he finds out all that information, you know, tucked away in the attic and we're kind of finding out about it at the same time as he's finding out about his true origins, um, you know, and he's like, you know, so I don't have parents and oh, I mean, knife through the heart, you know, right. seeing how devastated he was at, at getting this news. And it was completely devastating to him as he learned the truth and he goes running out of the house and, you know, it's completely understandable you know, he had had his hopes up of, you know, I mean, he'd always been, you know, knowing the truth that Peba was his father and his mother was out there somewhere. And he, when he goes to find her, he doesn't find her. He finds out this information instead about this lab project. And, mm-hmm. you know, Peba, you know, wasn't his biological parent. Bertie wasn't his biological mother. Um, you know, and I know that Bear was trying to comfort him and, you know, say, you know, hey, I was adopted, it, it, you know, and he, I, I know Gus didn't really understand what that meant, you know, and she, yeah. he's like, you know, does that mean I don't have parents? And she's like, no, you you still have parents, yeah. you know, and I know that he's he doesn't understand that right now. And I think he's, you know, um, angry and he's devastated and his whole world has just been shaken. So it's completely understandable how he's feeling right now, but I really hope that he's able to come out the other side of it and able to process a little bit, kind of understand a little bit um, yeah. that even though he didn't have like actual biological parents, like maybe a lot of the other hybrids or other people do, you know, Bertie loved him and cared for him and placed him, with 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 Richard to take care of him and keep him safe and then Peppa you know takes him you know away to be hidden and safe um so they they are his parents and so I hope yeah. that he is able to work that out I'm hoping that with Bear and with um Jep that you know he's able to get to that conclusion you know to yeah. true work family his way through it doesn't have to be blood Right. And I think that's kind of part of what he's learning on this journey, right? It's not about the yeah. the family that you're born with. It's that family you make along the way, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what he has. You know, he he lost Pubba and he was his family and it wasn't even though it wasn't his biological parent, it was still his family. And, yeah. you know, Birdie, we don't still know her fate or anything about her, um, if she's alive or not or where she's at. Um, but she was his family. You know, she, you mm-hmm. could definitely tell how much she cared for him and want to protect him. Although I was thinking, oh my God, you kept this little baby locked in this like incubator thing. Like, is he, yeah. is he like, he, is he being fed? You know, is he, is, it's just like he was locked away in this closet. Yeah. You know, I, I would assume so. Cause it's not like he was like a secret hidden away the whole time. Cause that's when we first see Birdie, yeah. her and, some of the other scientists are arguing because they're taking Gus away because we see them wheeling that thing that he was in yeah. away. And she's freaking out being like, no, you have to bring it back to me. Like we, we can make this work. And that's when Judy stops her and calms her down. And then that phone call where she gets in the military is coming in. She says, Judy had hidden 
Gus or, you know, the project I was working on away in a storage closet. So I need to get up there as soon as I can before they find him. And now we know why it was so urgent. It wasn't just like mm-hmm. some files or something that she had or yeah, some workbook. Child. It was yeah. an actual like, yes, a living being um, mm-hmm. child that she had hidden away. So it wasn't like, oh, I need to go get this floppy disk or whatever, right. that I, you know, with all my projects <laughs> up on it or workbook. It was mm-hmm. a, a living, breathing thing so so yeah so yeah i've just absolutely devastated for poor gus uh and i really Mm -hmm. hope hope he he works through his feelings i mean his feelings are totally valid and stuff but i really hope he he works through it and um you know sees how lucky he was yeah it is a lot to take in it is a lot the narrator i think james brolin nails it Mm -hmm. really well where he's just like sometimes the truth you know, leaves things a little darker than you even left them. Sometimes the truth hurts. It's like, yeah, like sure does. It sure does. Yeah, poor kid. Yeah, I hope he hope he comes out the other side and realizes how lucky that he was and is to have gained even more family than what he started with. Yeah. So anyway, like that. that that's a really good number three. Um, well, that was my number three as well. So what what's your number two? All right. Uh, Moving things around. Uh, this one ties in a little bit again to one you were talking about, but I just kind of have it as Gus and Company. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to refer to them as kind of the journey and where they've gone, which, you know, you talked a lot about that as it leads them to Bertie's house, which is Judy's now. because She's been there for 10 years. I think it's Judy's house now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I just, you know, little notes about them when we pick up on them is uh, like that we first see them and they're arriving and stopping at Sal's bar which right after we see a lot of the date night scene and stuff like that. And it's like, if only Gus knew how important this building he's standing exactly. right in front of. Like, <laughs> that's a, that's a momentous like um, place there. Gus has yeah. no idea. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so just some of the very classic Gus being Gus moments, you know, it's <laughs> like, I don't know if I can eat any more of this. I'll eat it. How many have you had? Uh, four. I'm capping you at six. Only if you can catch me. It's like, oh my god, this kid is just—it's—it's it's Gus. Even Bear says like, Gus is so Gus. Um, yeah. <laughs> of course, in that instance, she's referring to like, will are we going to be able to break the news that Birdie is probably dead? Like, they don't have any faith in any of this, mm-hmm. and it's like, how do we how do we break it to him? It's like, you know, he's been through a lot, and he can, he's resilient for sure, but like can he handle and you know devastation and heartbreak with some really bad news like that and we kind of learn that no not at first he does kind of have a meltdown with when he's hit with some hard realizations and they're not even what they expected it to be yeah but but yeah he's just classic i like the you know what's a mile again <laughs> about two thousand steps one two three four okay <laughs> yeah you're like oh okay yep, that's gus, gus. Uh, yep. <laughs> that's definitely gus but yeah so yeah when they show up with judy and just the emotions he goes through where he's all excited he just runs into the house there's somebody in there and then it's not birdie and he's like sad it's the ears the ears the again ears. every time oh my god uh, it's like, you're not Birdie, are you? But then she's like, Gus. And he like perks back up like, you know, my mom. And then he's happy again. But then it's like, but she's not here, is she? She hadn't been here for a long time. And he just like droops again. And it's just goes on quite an emotional roller coaster. He, he really does. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I do like. So my last kind of note on this point, though, is talking about his resilience and him being so Gus. Is even though he does take the news and the realization really hard. He still has a lot of that faith and that hope in there. And that's the really good point that he makes is I love when Jep and bear finally, like we have to talk to him because obviously things are not going the way he wants. His mom is probably dead because she hasn't been here in 10 years. She went looking for him, but obviously she never found him. And he just kind of steps up. He goes, I know what you're going to say. I overheard you guys talking earlier. You don't have to, you know, worry about it. Cause his quote that I love is he goes, I know you've given up on a lot of things, but that doesn't mean I should give up too. None of us should. I was like, aw, it's perfect. (laughs) Yeah. He's so cute. Yeah. Um, I I think that mentality in him 
will win out in the end. He's he's going through he's having a moment. Yeah. And he deserves to have that moment. He definitely I think does. His resilience and his his hope will win out in the end and I think he's going to be okay. I hope so. I hope so. I really want um I don't know if I'll get it or not, but I I want a happy ending for him. You know, mm-hmm. uh, want him to have a good, good story and to be in a good place by the end of all this. I know that there's a season two, so I don't think we'll get the final answers, you know, um, <laughs> in the next episode. Um, but I'm really hoping that in the end, wherever that that is, uh, goes well for him because yeah. he's such a, a sweet kid. Yeah, that's a good number two. My number two is actually. Um, what we had already talked about where, you know, Richard becoming Pubba. And I think that we've really talked that one out. I'm just looking through my notes and I don't really see um, anything other than what we've already said, other than just, you know, even though to add to what you just said, you know, Gus is reeling from the truth, but I hope that he realized how lucky that he had it with Pubba staying by his side to raise him. You know, I feel like he, he's, he's, feeling probably so many things, but I hope that he does eventually come to that realization that, you know, that's how much, you know, Pubba was devoted to him without even knowing him, had no attachment to this little baby at all. And Mm -hmm. um, that that's what family is, you know, that he was his family, even if he wasn't his biological father. So hopefully he comes out the other side of that. Poor kiddo. Once he gets through his emotions and running with his fellow deer, that was a that was a pretty cool moment, yeah. though, wasn't it? Another like little those like hints of like this like animal power hurting kind of thing that he has, or this connection to animals. Mm-hmm. We've seen it two other times. We saw like the buck at the the lodge or the guest center. Yep. And then we got the his kind of moment with the tiger. And so I think this is just another one of those little hints of these deer just randomly joining him on running for a little bit. Like he's just part of the herd. Yeah, so hopefully we'll see that explained in something more next week, probably next season, but. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if we will or not, but, um, and is, I'm not going to talk about the bad CGI. It was yeah. not the greatest, <laughs> but I try to just look beyond that um, to try to um, appreciate just the purpose of the moment and Mm -hmm. how special that the moment was kind of like how they sensed him there. I feel like they sensed he was in distress um, and kind of went there to be with him in a way again, maybe part of his extended family. I'm thinking in a way that that kind of represents in a way too for him. Um, So I I thought it was a, a, a really cool moment of, you know, because Gus is half human, he's half animal and he, kind of has those relationships with humans and he's got relationships with like his animal side as well. So I just thought it was a really like beautiful moment. So mm-hmm. anyway, what is your number one? All right. My number one then uh, will be Birdie herself and kind of her work and her mission, but then also just things about her that we get to learn, which I think is great. Of course, when we first see her, she's at the lab. We've talked about that where she's freaking out with these other scientists are taking Gus away from her and, she ends up getting transferred from this ordeal, which feels a lot like being fired. Uh, yeah. And yeah, whatever went down in that lab that day, I think is what ended up getting the military involved that night. Uh, some things with the project were going too far or going the wrong direction. And she talks about, you know, all hell could break loose. And I think that's exactly what happened. Uh, we'll go yep. out on a broad limb there. Uh, <laughs> something with the incubation and things like that. Um, we learn that she went into virology and genetics after her late husband passed from a rare genetic disease, which is really admirable kind of thing that she was just like, you know, she was a teacher, she said. And then when her husband died, she was like, well, I couldn't save him, but maybe I can save somebody else. And that's what put her on that path. And I think that was really cool to learn that about her. And then, yeah, uh, Bear and Jep recognize Fort Smith when Gus talks about it as the place where the virus started. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, it kind of goes back to the, you know, I think I talked about that. Yeah. The pilot episode where they ask what came in first. And it's like, well, I think they kind of, the hybrids of the virus is like, well, maybe they did together. Do the hybrids cause the virus or is the virus what caused the 
mutations in the incubation where now instead of incubating in chicken eggs, now these hybrids are incubating in human babies being born. Um, like, yeah. So maybe the virus did come first, but the hybrid also came first because Gus was there first. It's again, not even going to try to wrap my head around exactly what's going on with that. I don't mm-hmm. know if we'll ever figure that out a hundred percent. One question we didn't get answered, which I'm still really curious about because I thought maybe this would answer it, but I still have no idea is why did Richard have the virus? It seems at the cabin with them. Cause he did not have time to grab that on his way out with Gus. I don't know where that came from still. I had a question about that too. Where did he get yeah. that? Because um, he didn't see him take it with him. And yeah. I don't know. I don't know if the virus was even like a thing at that point. It wasn't until like the next day. I mean, it happened pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And I think Birdie knew that that was coming. So kind of back to my note on her is that's why she ultimately chooses to stay behind and have Richard take Gus himself. I mean, she has that classic, I'll find you a moment, literally with those words, which I, th- and she meant to keep that promise and she attempted to, I just, you know, we know that she never did, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And whether she's still out there, whether she's still alive, we still don't know. But I hope the best for it. But she has to stop and go back because she realizes I've got to I've got to take this whole thing down because if what's going wrong is what's going wrong, which I think it is, if this falls into the wrong hands, it's going to kill a lot of people. And it seems, unfortunately, that she did not succeed in saving the world as she thought she could because it definitely fell into the wrong hands and killed a lot of people. Um that's where the conspiracy theory little part is like, oh man, was it the whole, like the military went in there, did they take the virus and then use it for their own agenda and da 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 da? Who knows? But yeah, it was interesting that um, the military was involved, you know, because it was, um, mm-hmm. you know, one thing for, you know, like uh, thinking of like, like a men in black situation or something coming in and sweeping you know, getting all the information and all the research and stuff, but you know, why the military was involved. I'm, you know, I'm not really sure why it had to go that far. Seemed a little right. extreme um, for the moment, but you know, Hey, whatever. Um, I'm glad that's actually your number one. Cause it's kind of mine too. Although it's mm-hmm. more of just like questions or confusion that I have yeah. about the virus and, and this whole situation. And I know I ask these questions so often when we cover shows like this and, I'm probably not going to get the answers. I should probably just let some things go, but I can't help it. Um, You know, just going off of what was said in the episode. So going by what Birdie said, do do we deduce that they injected the wrong microbe? Then is that what caused the great crumble, this virus getting Uh, out? Because I'm not sure exactly what they're saying because it was like, is it the wrong microbe or like it almost seemed like a because it asked, you know, so we inject the microbes into the right eggs. And it's like, well, what if you inject it into the wrong ones? It's like, oh, then all hell breaks loose. It's like, does it have something to do with the biological matter that it's uh, interfering with? Yeah, I, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, because it's like so you're either doing this great thing by creating um, a vaccine, which is one of my questions. What was the vaccine that she was trying to develop for? Like you don't right. normally try to develop a vaccine unless there's an existing um, right. illness or something uh, that you're trying to eradicate. You know, yeah. you don't normally just create a vaccine for something that doesn't exist yet. So, you know, she's talking about, you know, well, we're injecting um, these microbes into these eggs. And if we do the right one, we get a vaccine like it's good and yeah. i'm i'm very much oversimplifying this i get that, like this is definitely not my wheelhouse i am not a virologist yeah, i'm not, not a biologist either. i'm definitely not anywhere in this realm so i'm definitely oversimplifying this um whole thing i know that but i'm just trying to wrap my my simple brain around it um mm-hmm. so she's like well if we inject the right thing then we're going to get a vaccine right good thing we're going to eradicate something i don't know what or if it's the wrong microbe or wrong egg or whatever then all hell breaks loose and it yeah. sounds like was it all hell broke was it loose this virus was already well starting like when, did they have this virus or what were things and they had the virus and is that what they were looking for a vaccine for 
And maybe they're at this like kind of crossroads where like either we find the vaccine for this virus and we're good, or the microbes we're using will mutate the virus to an uncontrollable place. Well, like, wasn't it, it could be one or the other. I don't know. Did you hear, because they had like lots of like radio clips and news clips and things like that. Yeah. Um, there was a, a clip and I think it was before they met. Yeah. It was during the little montage of. Was it his Richard montage driving. of his daily routine yeah, like or whatever? And it talks about those like a super flu. Were, yeah. And mm-hmm. so I'm like, okay, so is that, was it so already maybe, out there? It says, oh, the you know flu season starts early this year and seems like it's widespread across the nation, but, you know, worse than it ever has before. And so that could have been like a little hint that like, so this virus is a thing that maybe Birdie and her night team knew about. And that's the vaccine they were looking for. Right. And, but it's such a like mute. And then that's again, where I'm with you. I was like, I don't know the first thing about virology really. So mm-hmm. I don't know how any of this works or if this would make sense, but so maybe then trying to find that vaccine, like I said, they find themselves like we can either have a vaccine for it or if we incubate the wrong thing, maybe the vac- the virus mutates to a place where we can't control it. And then that's when all hell will break loose. Right. Yeah. So, I was yeah, kind of confused by all of that a little bit just because I'm like, well, it sounds like the flu may have ar- already been out there. And yeah. is that what they were trying to produce the vaccine for because maybe other vaccines weren't working against it like other flu vaccines so they're trying to develop that or you know had it not been released yet and that's what had happened when you know it gets taken over when her project is taken over (laughs) did they develop the the virus and then trying to develop the vaccine for it at the same time, so they had a vaccine for a virus that's not even actually out there yet. Well, and in case something happens, what's really scary kind of pre- is it, preemptively yeah. if they're creating a virus and then simultaneously creating a vaccine for the <laughs> virus. It usually means they're going to use it as like a weapon, because, right? You know, which is really <laughs> scary. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just th- that—that's my number one. Was just you know, like these questions and trying to understand what what the information that we were getting from birdie and hearing the things happening in the episode about, okay, so we're hearing about this flu. Is that even what they were talking about? Cause it seems like it happened really fast. Um, and it was spreading fast and killing people very quickly. Um, so, and just what was the vaccine for just all these questions kind of swir- swirling in my head. And I feel like we got, yeah. we got a couple of answers there. You know, we, we got a little bit more insight as to how things kind of started, which I think some people were a little bit unsatisfied with, like they didn't really care much for, you know, kind of getting insight into that or seeing a lab and, you know, getting these types of answers. I'm like, well, I get that, but I don't really know that we got that many answers. Um, cause I'm mm-hmm. still kind of confused. So if yeah. someone has some insight into that, you know, let me know. Um, and you mentioned, um, Bertie's husband and his, um, what he died of. And I don't, they said it was hantavirus or HPS, hantavirus pulmonary mm-hmm. syndrome, which is yeah. an infectious disease characterized by flu-like symptoms that can progress rapidly to potentially life-threatening problems. Um, this disease, interestingly enough, is carried by several different types of rodents, particularly the deer mouse. Interesting. So, <laughs> <laughs> And she said it only affects like 1% of people, but does that mean maybe she could have been a carrier for it and maybe her being involved with, cause like, then it's like, you start just all the, you, you were start, talking like, earlier all the, about like, little tangents. all these like, like could that be why is like, was she a carrier of like a, like, you know, gene of this like HPS that wasn't actually like active, but because she was interacting with Gus in his incubation stages, it did this whole thing. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, but it's just interesting. Speculate so many things. That this is what they <laughs> You know, this is what he died of. And then when you look it up mm-hmm. and you realize that it's, you know, carried by um, a deer mouse and you're just like, okay, you know, <laughs> more stuff that they're kind of throwing out there, you know. Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, well, that was all that I had on my number five. Is there anything you want to say? Um, anything additional you wanted to add to your top five? That's it. I have some other notes, I think, but that's about all my top five stuff. All right. Well, what notes do you have? And then let me actually look. Now that I say that, (laughs) I've already covered all of them because I think a lot of my extra notes were just about the, you know, parentage of Gus and him being, you know, coming to a realization, I think he will, that the whole, 
you know, true family doesn't have to be blood. And he's learned that through his time yeah. with Baron Jep. I hope so. <clears throat> so hopefully he'll, he'll see that. But yeah, the whole, they're still my parents. I was like, yeah, Pubba for sure. hundred percent. Absolutely. He, you know, whether biological or not, he definitely, you know, take a guardians of the galaxy kind of reference. <laughs> yeah. I may not be your, your father, but I'm sure. What was it? Uh, you know, sure was your daddy or something. Maybe yeah. your daddy, sure his father. It's one or the other. I don't remember that quote exactly, but you know, he was there for him a hundred percent. And, uh, and like I said, Birdie, I think if she would have found them the way she planned, it seemed like, cause she's even while they're, you know, waiting on Richard to show back up and she's talking to the babies, like, I'm going to keep you safe. That's what she has the realization. She has to stay behind at that point, but she's like, I will, he was like, I will take care of you. I will protect you. Me and that nice man. Like, I think she had all plans of of being a mother to this kid. Yep. And so, yeah, just Gus taking a lot in. And he feels lied to. And I think it's perfectly acceptable and understandable as to why. I just hope that he does come to that realization that Pubba really did his best. And really so. was there for him. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, that is really all my other notes was just kind of. Yeah, stuff we've talked about with that. Okay. Um, well, I didn't actually – I think we've talked about all of um, my notes and top five. What about – and I know we've already talked a little bit about the music, but would mm-hmm. you like to give us some more in-depth info on the music and the titles and anything we may have missed? Yeah. Um, can't tell if the music director of this show is a big deadhead <laughs> or just – they thought it would be fun. I mean, for this episode, for sure, being that a connecting point for mm-hmm. Richard and Birdie. Yeah, we start off, we get Truckin' by the Grateful Dead, which he quotes, Richard quotes. Sure as does. That's the song he's listening to during his like routine going to work montage at the beginning. Uh, there's one not Grateful Dead song. Uh, there's one called uh, Meet as One, Like a Bird High by Sounding Arrow. And that's the song playing when Richard and Bertie meet at the bar. And then really the only, there's a couple other like, kind of independent tracks and stuff that I didn't even bother to put on here. But then the main ones, uh, so friend of the devil, which is Richard's favorite grateful dead song is the song playing while they're bonding at the bar and going through, you know, mm-hmm. eating burgers and, and t- taking shots and t- having conversations. And then ripple by grateful dead, which is birdie's favorite is during the hot chocolate scene and them hanging out at her house. Yeah. It's nice. <laughs> So yeah, that's it. Good. Well, thank you. Always appreciate um, the music portion. They've done a great job with the music and in the series. Um, All right. Well, that gets us ready for our favorite part of the podcast. And that is our listener feedback portion. Um, I'll take the first one here from Dawn Elizabeth. She says, I'm so glad that we're beginning to get answers to the questions of how this all began. It was great seeing Peppa again and finally meeting Bertie. I feel bad for Gus finding out about things that are so upsetting to him. He is so young to face all of these challenges, but I guess it's no surprise that it isn't what he was hoping for. This still leaves us wondering about Addie, Ronnie, and Amy and the kids, though. I really am enjoying Bear and Jep's interactions. I missed commenting on last week's episode, which I enjoyed. Ronnie isn't my favorite character, but I did like her acknowledging that she and Addie were given extra time when they were rescued by Abbott. And I love that Trixie was let loose. Thanks for commenting on my saying this is as dark or this is dark for a kid's show and comparing it to Stranger Things. These shows are kind of in the middle of kids and adult shows. I'm so glad you got me into this. Awesome. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Mm-hmm. All right, this next one comes from Lindsay Schlicht. Thanks you. Thank you, Lindsay. Always writing in. Always enjoy to hear what you say. Said, I like this episode. It was good to finally understand Gus, Pubba, and Birdie's origin story somewhat. Pubba and Birdie's meat story was really sweet. I was a little surprised to find out that they actually barely knew each other, considering what Pubba would go on to, uh, to do for her. But it adds an interesting dynamic to their story. It shows even more what an amazing guy Pubba was. I don't trust this Judy woman at all. I'm afraid she's going to turn Gus and the others over to the last men or something. The story seems to need a way for Gus and Dr. Singh to come together, so I suspect this is how they will do it. Gus and all his realizations were pretty sad, even though we kind of knew it might end up something like this. As improbable as it is, I do hope they are able to find his mom for him. And last but not least, this show is working hard to make the Walking Dead graphics (laughs) department look good. (laughs) The deer that ran with Gus was even worse than Rick and Michonne's deer, hard as that is to believe. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh man. <laughs> Whew. Mm. That's Oh yeah. That's, those were rough. That was rough. But uh yeah, to go back to your kind of thought on getting Dr. Singh and Gus's stories connected and having him be turned over. I hate that, but also you might be completely onto it. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, please don't do that to me or Gus. I know. But I'm with you, Lindsay. I don't know Ugh. that I trust her either. And I'm worried because we, we have to somehow these storylines, I feel like have to converge at some point. We've only got one more episode. Um, I don't know. I feel like something's got to happen. So I'm afraid mm-hmm. you're right, Lindsay. Thank you for writing in. All right. We got a voice message this week from our good friend, Steve. Let's see what he has to say. Hello, Strange Indeed. This is Steve, and this is for When Pubba Met Birdie. I don't remember if this is all backstory or if there's something more, but uh, uh, hey, there's Will Forte. Nice. And he's a deadhead. And he's a janitor. Okay. I was just thinking to myself, there's no way you can say that without sounding creepy. And then she just said it. And his real name is Richard. Oh, but interestingly enough, the closed captioning still calls him Pubba. Oh, good. So we are going to be able to further the story a little bit. That's good. I think I caught at the very beginning that something about Essex County on the news story. So maybe Essex County is in... Oh, I guess we've already seen the sign, haven't we, for the zoo? So we know we're getting close to our stories merging. HPS, I think that's the Hantavirus. Hunt-a-something. <laughs> of course, he's a janitor. He would have lots of keys. Oh, Judy, as in Judy hid my project in a closet. Okay, and his last name was Fox. <laughs> that's just funny to me. Oh, this show, man, it gets me every every time. None of us should give up. Love it. Aw, baby Gus. But he was made in a lab? Aw, kind of a sad way to end the episode. Wait, does that, no, no, don't go to the next one. Gotta wait. Gotta wait. <laughs> All right, talk to you later. <laughs> I, uh- Steve is all of us in that moment where we're trying to cover this episode to episode, week to week. Be like, no, we can't do the next one. We can't. Stop, I know. stop, stop. <laughs> Don't go to the next. Yeah. And I had that setting for a little while. One of our listeners had, had written in um, some time ago about how you can disable that in Netflix in your settings so it doesn't automatically start going to the next episode. Oh, um, I think we were talking about when we were covering, I think it was Bly Manor, I think, if memory serves. And we know my memory's not that great, so I'm probably wrong. <laughs> but um, but yeah, um, might need to do that, Steve. Um, yeah, great feedback, Steve. That was highly enjoyable. And I feel like you definitely put a lot of my same thoughts um there and your feedback so thank you thank you to everyone that has continued to contribute um each week to sweet tooth um i always love hearing what you guys have to say and providing some additional insight um and sometimes just agreeing with me which i just i always love so thanks (laughs) (laughs) um so next week on strange indeed we will be covering episode eight the season finale of Sweet Tooth oh, titled Big Man. So oh, man. if I had to guess, because uh, I didn't read the description, been trying to like try to keep it as much of a mystery as possible. Um, but I'm guessing we're going to maybe get some backstory on Big Man. Yeah. Just a I guess. I think so. I hope. And, uh, you know, the past two weeks, well, this week and last week, we did not get the title of the episode in for Steve to mic drop. I feel like in this episode, this finale, we will definitely hear the words big man plenty of times. So I feel I like we will. We, we'll make up for it. At least um. once. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and speaking of, you know, coming up next on Strange Indeed, um, if you guys haven't or don't follow us on any of our social media, I've posted it on our Facebook page um, and on our Twitter. And just to kind of talk a little bit about what's coming up. In the next couple of yeah. months. So all the shows are coming up. That's what's <laughs> so remember earlier this year when we took a little bit of a break because, you know, we, you know, at least me, I didn't feel we had there were a whole lot of options and things that I was very excited about covering. So we took a little bit of a break and, you know, the pandemic really pushed um, production on shows back a lot, you know, so there wasn't really a whole lot available when we normally would have 
you know, a lot more to cover. And so now it's like they have given us all the gifts of all the shows um, Mm -hmm. and they're all coming out at the exact same time. So quick rundown of where we are at. So you still have a little bit of time to kind of um, let us know what your thoughts or opinions are. Here's what we have coming up. So in October, which we know is (laughs) coming up very quickly um, in, in a few short weeks, sometime in October, we do not have a definitive date as of yet, but we know in October lock and key season two um, will be released on Netflix. Yay. Very excited about season two. Um, we really had a a great time covering season one. So definitely, um, we'll enjoy doing that. So just to hopefully save any confusion, we are definitely covering lock and key that that there's no question or vote about that when we're, we're committed and we're doing it Mm -hmm. sometime in October. Don't know when though. Okay. Whenever. Yes. Um, (laughs) September, um, gosh, is it 24th? I could have the date wrong. I'd have to look it up just to be sure. But around that time anyway, mm-hmm. the new Mike Flanagan uh, series, Midnight Mass, will be released. So that comes out late September and will obviously go into like October. Um, so these two shows are going to be happen- happening around the same time. Well, it was announced last week that you from Netflix season three is also going to be released in October. So we have three shows that we want to cover. We can't possibly do three, but Pake and I are somehow going to pull off covering two. (laughs) We've committed to doing two. (laughs) Um, We are having, um, you know, we're, we're trying to figure out what we want to cover. And so we thought we would leave it to you guys to put to a vote of what you would like to see. Um, we will be covering either Lock and Key Season 2 or Midnight Mass or Lock and Key Season 2 and You uh, Season 3. Um, so feel free to go to our Facebook page and vote our twitter page and vote or you can email me message me message our podcast page with your vote of what you would like to see us cover right now as of last count whenever i put the um the i try to put up a poll but facebook won't let me do a poll anymore so just have to leave your um vote in the comments um midnight mass was in the lead a pretty good lead. So you have a little bit of time before we have to make a final decision of what we're going to cover, yeah. but that's where we're at. So for anyone who maybe doesn't follow us on social media, I know not everyone does. So if you listen to us, but you don't follow us, you kind of know where we're at. So if you want your opinion heard, let us know um, which you would want to see. We're going to be really busy. We're going to be covering two shows and then it's going to flow right into Dexter, <laughs> the revival, yeah. which comes out November um, 7th. I think so. That sounds right. Yeah. And we'll definitely be covering that one. Too. I am so covering Dexter. I'm going to figure Dexter it out. Fans, so. I might have to clone myself <laughs> in order to get all this done. Um, you two mm-hmm. pake because you've got this plus you've got run for your lives. So yeah. anyway, just for anyone, like I said, who maybe hasn't been tracking our social media or following it lately. Um, and you would like to have your opinion voiced and heard. I am taking, you know, those into account because I feel like, you know, and, and also keep in mind, whichever, you know, whichever one we don't cover right away in October, we will cover at a later date. So we're not yeah. dropping it completely from the roster. It's just going to get pushed back. So we won't cover mm-hmm. it immediately when it's released. We will um, work it into the schedule somewhere, somehow. Yeah. But this will be for what we will be covering um, immediately within the next um, coming month or two. Yeah. So between you and... Uh, Midnight Mass. We want to cover both of them. Yes. And we will cover both of them. We will. It's just, yeah. Which one do you want to prioritize as far as which one do we get right when it's airing, or, you know, right at the beginning versus which one we might hold off a little bit on? Exactly. So what what, what do you guys want to hear? Like I said, we are doing Lock and Key Season 2 for sure um, that Jason will be joining us for because um, he helped me cover the first one um, last year. Was it last year or the year before? Shit, I don't even remember. Who feels knows? like forever ago. <laughs> um, so he'll be returning um, to help us cover season two. So that's for sure happening. Which show would you like in addition to that for us to cover? So think about it. Um, you've got maybe I'm going to say I'm going to give you guys like one more week um, to decide. How about that? 
um, to kind of let us know. Otherwise, I'm going to go with the votes that I have, um, and that's what we'll do. Um, So, yeah. So maybe next week when we do our Sweet Tooth finale, we might be able to announce kind of officially what our plan will be going forward. That's my goal. So you've got a week. Um, I'll I'll post it again on um, our social media so everyone kind of knows and can get their um, opinions in. Um, So, yeah. Hopefully that, like you said, we can announce it next week. Um, And then we can start preparing because I don't even know what the hell to prepare yet uh, for yet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, until then, we are excited that you followed us to Yellowstone. Um, We ask that you also follow us on Twitter at Strange TCast. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Stranger TCast. And you can email us at StrangerThingsCastPod at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the TV Time app. You can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts at podcastica.com. And go out and leave a review for Strange Indeed on Apple Podcasts. Speaking of great podcasts, be sure to check out Paik and Daphne on their podcast called Run For Your Lives. And you guys had a little bit of a break recently. Um, Mm -hmm. Do you have anything that you'd like to tease for us this week? Uh, Yeah, I think we are coming back. Are we posting? Uh, next week. Next week. Awesome. So we're taking this is the last week off. We're still recording stuff, so I'm trying to think. But next week will be our first episode back of the new season. And I haven't cleared this or talked to Daphne, but you know, I'll go ahead and give you guys like a two week head start on what we're starting with. Our first episode Ooh, will be super sneak back. peek. <laughs> yeah, this will be strange indeed exclusive for what's coming up on Run for Your Lives in a couple of weeks. Uh, but yeah, we're kicking off season three with the Tomorrow War on Amazon Prime with uh, Chris Pratt and Yvonne Strahovski. Nice. I've seen that yeah. one yet. It's it's interesting. We had definitely a fun conversation about a, it's a wild sci-fi action movie that time travel and things. It's it's quite a mind bender, but nice. uh, it was fun trying to break all that down and talk about it. I, mean, I think we had a really fun time. Oh, you so know, anytime a, we start it's talking. It's a great first episode back. Awesome. <laughs> you know, anytime we start talking about time travel in here, Rima's brain just gets completely scrambled and not functioning anymore. So I know how much fun that is, but that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I, he- yeah. I heard it was um, a pretty decent, decent movie. So yeah, I enjoyed it. Awesome. Can't wait. All right. Well, that is our show. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Until next time, I'm Rima. And I'm Hey. And Jason Erdman is strange indeed. <laughs>